Hey, hi, hello, my creepy lovelies. Welcome back to another episode of the Creepy Cryptid Crypt. I am your host, Black Widow, and today I am going to tell you the tale of a Hungarian serial killer from 1877. Uh, this human's name is Bea Kiss. I might be saying his first name incorrectly, so I'm just going to keep saying his last name. Uh, Kiss in Hungarian language means little or a little. And it's also a very popular last name. Just keep that in mind as we go through the story. This human is thought to have killed at least... Actually, no. They did find. Um, he did kill at least 24 women. And he is known for his attempt to pickle them in giant metal drums that he kept on his property. So, let's get into it. Also, I'm still waking up and drinking coffee, so you're going to hear some coffee sips and I won't apologize. So ha! Speaking of which. Okay, so I cannot find a whole lot on his childhood because again, 1877. Also, the original stuff is probably in Hungarian, which I cannot read, but I can tell you he was a family man and apparently a astrologer and into some of the occult stuff, right? Which for 1877 is already kind of sketchy, right? People are wary of people like that. They're usually burned at the stake. <clears throat> Nonetheless, uh, he was married to a much younger woman, wife named Marie. And uh, how much younger, you may ask? Like 15 years younger. So he was 40 and she was 25. Um, yeah, so super young. Uh, they had recently moved to a village that I cannot pronounce and will not pronounce properly because I don't want to offend anybody, especially in Hungary. Don't want to offend any ancestors. Um, but they moved to a new village, right? And Marie finds a lover her age. She's like, ah, oh, yes, I will have an affair with somebody my age because I married a man who's 40. I don't know. Uh, his name was Paul Kahri, maybe. Um... And Kiss found out. And so in December of whenever they moved there, uh, he told his neighbors, you know, that uh, Marie and Paul had run off together and that his wife had left him. And so now he's like, I got to I got to hire a housekeeper. I got to hire somebody to help around the house. Like, I don't clean help. Also, I'm apparently single. I don't really know. Um, so he hired a housekeeper and she ignored the parade of women that came through the house, did all the cleaning, blah, blah, blah. Very good housekeeper, apparently. Um, but shortly after all of this has happened, he uh, starts collecting large metal drums. And obviously everybody in the village and his neighbors are like, hello, what are you doing, friend? And he was like, oh, um, I think a war is coming, right? Actually, hang on. Where are the times? This is, like, around World War I. Apparently, my notes didn't catch up on any of the time frames, but I think we're, like, somewhere between 1912 and 1916. Um, so, World War I, right? So, he's like, ah, uh, these are... These are... I'm just going to keep repeating myself like a serial... Serial... Silly person. Hang on. Mm. I've got these... Lo ex I've got these large extra metal drums and I have filled them with gasoline because I'm paying attention to everything that's happening and it is likely that we're going to have a world war. So I'm just like staying prepped. Gasoline is already hard to come by, like just in case, you know? 
so he's conscripted for World War One and had to leave his house under the care of the housekeeper. And she was like, all right, I got it. Like, don't worry about it. So he's at war along with most of the other men. And while he's at war, some soldiers come into his village and they're like, we need supplies. And the villagers are like, oh, fuck, you know what? We know where some extra gasoline is if you've got to put stuff in your trucks because we know it's scarce. Follow us to our neighbor Kiss's house. Um, and so they go over to Kiss's property and they went to go open the metal drums. But when they got close, they discovered like a foul smell that was absolutely not gasoline, right? And so they're like, uh, we might need police. So they went and got Chief Detective Charles Najir to come and look at them. And uh, the housekeeper was like, don't open those. Don't open those. Like, it's just gasoline. Don't open those. We're not allowed to open those. Because she's obviously trying to keep her job and keep his stuff safe while he's at war. But they're like, eh, we've got to fucking open these. So uh, they open one and they discover the body of a strangled young woman. And then the detective chief is like, okay, so now we have to open all of these, which they did. And they searched Kiss's home and they found a total of 24 bodies between the drums in the house. Um, which makes me feel really bad for the housekeeper because Lord knows how bad she's fighting to keep the smell in the house down. Just like as a housekeeper for cleaning and he's fucking it up with dead bodies. Like, mm. Also, he's just fucking killing people. Great. Awesome. Fabulous. What a wonderful human. God, fucking prick. Okay, so cops are like, all right, we got a fucking problem. So they call the military and they're like, you need to arrest this guy immediately if he's still alive. But like I said, last name is really popular. So they don't know if they've got the right guy. So they spend a lot of time making sure they get one. The police also ended up arresting the housekeeper because they were like, obviously she's in on it. She's the housekeeper. She's here all the time. She sees and she knows everything. Uh, the other smart move they did is they got a hold of the postal service and they asked them to hold any letters that would go to Kiss in the event that he had an accomplice and somebody had seen them find all the bodies and they told him like, fucking bail, dude, like run. Shit's not good, right? So the detective chief like I said, thought that the housekeeper had something to do with it because Kiss had left her money in his will, which is rather strange. She's just the housekeeper. But again, he has no kids, which I don't know why I said earlier he's a family man or that was in anything that I read. Uh, his wife ran off, supposedly. Um, so he's got to leave it to somebody. So I might as well leave it to the housekeeper. I guess she does a really good job. But because of that, the detective chief was like, this is fucking fishy, dude. Like, what the fuck? He's like, you're obviously in on something. And she's like, no, no, I swear. Like, I'm just trying to keep the property safe and clean because I was left in charge and I'm really good at my job and this is the only job I have, right? So she assured them that she had nothing to do with it. But she was like, hey, actually, now that I think about it, if you guys take me back to the house, there's a, there's a secret room that I wasn't ever allowed in or not allowed to clean, but... Now that we know what we know, like, we should go fucking open it. Like, if you, you know, take me to it, I can show you where it is, and you guys can get in and investigate. Sorry, coffee break. Mm. So they get into the secret room, right? And I'm kind of bummed because they, like, don't really tell us where in the house the secret room is, so it's, like, super fucking secret, I guess. Um, but they get into the room. There's a ton of bookcases like along the wall and there's a big desk and on the desk there's a fuck ton of letters. 
And so they were kind of reading through the letters and what they were able to figure out is that essentially he was putting out ads in papers for unmarried women who want to get married and writing to them. And he was writing to them and saying like, hey, come live with me, send me some money, um, and then I'll t- as a dowry, and I'll take care of you, and we can live together and get married and happily ever after, right? Uh, so he had 74 correspondents uh, in that room. Excuse me. They also found a photo album, and a lot of the books on the bookshelf were about poisons or strangulations. Uh, and from the letters, they were able to figure out that the eldest one... Like the last, the first one, the first one, yeah, that's backwards. The first one was from 1903. And not only was he taking their money and, you know, getting these women's hopes up and defrauding them and blah, 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 blah. In the event that they actually came and caused trouble for him, he was murdering them and then pickling them in these drums. I don't think he was actually meaning to pickle them. I think that was the only way he knew how to get rid of the bodies. I guess he just didn't get the acidic formula right. I don't really know. Um, But they also found really old court records. And the court records showed that two women had reported against him and they're like, hey, he said that he would marry us and instead he just took our fucking money and then we never heard from him again. We don't know what's going on. Uh, But the women mysteriously disappeared and with them disappearing, There was no plaintiff to continue the case, and so the courts dismissed the claims. Like, not, not cool. Yeah, so many. It's it's interesting to think that so many black widows from the early times were doing this. Like we had Bell Guns, and there's a few others that did this, and you're just kind of like. Why? And I, I want to say, why did nobody pay attention? But this is international, so people in the U.S. wouldn't have known. Like, plus, like, it's during the war, so the news is taking up all of that. It's just, the whole thing's kind of bonkers. Anyway, so they finally tracked down Kiss in October... October 4th of 1916. They got a letter that he was recuperating at a Siberian hospital, um, from his wounds from the war. And so the detective chief arrived to arrest him and this motherfucker. They arrived and they found a dead body who was not Kiss because what he did is he swapped bodies with somebody and then dipped. And so obviously the detective chief had to alert all of Hungarian police, but essentially they never fucking found him, just like Bell Guns. So there were a ton of sightings, but none of them were ever him. There were a lot of rumors of him being in France in 1932. Uh, The detective Henry Oswald thought that they saw him in the 1930s in Times Square in New York. But nobody, nobody found him. So he was just, you know, running around like bell guns out and about, never having to deal with his consequences of his actions as far as we're aware. So... That's today's episode on an old-timey random serial killer tale that I found for you from the Carpathian mountainous regions of the land of Hungary. Uh, And that's really all I have for you. Sorry, I'm looking out my window and a bird just went by and now I'm distracted. Uh, Don't forget to like, follow, subscribe. 
check in on my weirdness on Fridays. And until you hear my voice again, goodbye.